You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. I'm an actor, producer, and filmmaker here to share inspiring stories and to walk their everyday life with you. Hope you guys are doing well and staying as safe and sane as possible. Um, real quick, before we get into the episode, wanted to send everyone a hug because the United States has continued to lose its damn mind and we've had one of the most horrific weeks thus far. Definitely uh, a doozy, as if like the rest of this year has not ever been hard. But um, my heart goes out to all of the victims, their families of the Uvalde shooting and all the other shootings that have been happening because we've had more mass shootings in America than days of this year, which is absolutely insane. And um, we've already, you know, we know it's like saying the sky is blue. We've already been going through it for so long and are dealing with so much on our plates already. And these horrific things just continue to happen. I hope that they stop. This is me speaking it into the universe. I, I am doing everything I can to impart the energy that we are done with this insanity, that we are, that enough is enough. It has been enough for a very long time and that this is where something changes because it has to change. It has to change. Like this is absolutely batshit crazy. And the pain that we're dealing with, the mental anguish, the fear that it's just rampant in this country going into public spaces, sending our own children to school, which is the most is it's just devastating on so many levels. And so I really hope that, um, you know, you guys receive my love. I love you so much. And if you've been going through it because all of us have and on different levels for different reasons, my heart, my, you know, I'm with you. It's It's been really, really tough. And it's not time to act like it isn't or that it hasn't because it has been. And hopefully we can do something about this. What I hope we can all do on a very regular level is like just check in on ourselves, check in on each other, be there, be kind to other people. Kindness goes such a long way because you don't know what anybody else is going through. And safe to say, we've all been going through so much lately. Um, Just do your best to be compassionate. And on the action side, you know, also hopefully for us channel that into some sort of political action, especially on the local level. That's something I continue to learn is that local politics have such a huge impact in terms of your local law enforcement, your judicial system, your justice system, um, your te- the funding for teachers, your county, like all those things. These are real, real things that we need to pay attention to and all need to take responsibility for. I will stop and get off my soapbox about that there. But just if that is within your wheelhouse and you're of age and you're able to, please have these discussions, do the research, show up at the voting poll, take the actions because this needs to stop. This insanity, these mass shootings, this destruction of life and our very fragile sanity right now needs to stop. And I know this is like a hard left turn because our conversation today with our wonderful guest, James Tang, is so different than what I just talked about for the last few minutes. Um, honestly, this is part of why I wanted to make this podcast was to infuse something good and heartwarming out into the the universe. And honestly, I really racked my brain of like, how am I supposed to introduce this conversation with James about 
the internet boyfriend, which I completely fell in love with during COVID, um, at a time when like so many people are going through so much. But that's really what it is. That's the honest truth. I want to, we are going through crazy times and we are doing our best to manage it. And in the meantime, our lives continue and dating and relationships and romance have been, are, and always will be an issue in our lives. And so that's what I wanted to um, take that hard left, that segue into this conversation with James, because when I came across his content on TikTok, which I'm fully, you know, an addict, it's a problem. I need to start going to a group about it. Um, It honestly gave me a lot of like just levity and it gave me a nice warm feeling inside. And it was really sweet because he created these emotional thirst traps on TikTok. They were very captivating. James, you are a very good actor and uh, made me blush a little and just made me kind of like sit and, and, and feel some good feelings. And these emotional thirst traps were just James talking to camera as if he's talking to his boo, which is you and me, and giving us some encouragement, some sweetness, asking how our day was. And it was just so nice to feel that to be directed, even if it's fake and through a screen. Um, and that's honestly what I love about the creative world. You can bash on it all you want, but there's there's a lot of comfort that other people can find in it. And I think that's that's a good thing to impart in the world. And that's what I want to do with this podcast. Hopefully take a break from the craziness and like revisit how the bar is so low in our love lives sometimes that the internet boyfriend is the best thing that we can come home to every day. You know what I mean? Like, Let's just be real. We can all commiserate, have a little latte or a rosé and feel all the feels. So James, uh, you know, popped off a bit on TikTok, went viral. And he's a friend that I know in the L.A. Asian American creative space and just had to bring him on to just talk to him about him, his career, how he developed this persona and what he's learned being our Internet boyfriend. So if you guys are excited for this combo, I really enjoyed it and uh, hope we all learn a lot before we get into it. A little bit about James. He's an international actor that spent time living in Thailand, Canada, and Australia. He's trained in the Meisner Technique. He was in Puppy Place for Apple TV, NBC's Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and CIS Los Angeles, and Bosch. And as I mentioned, he's an actor, voiceover actor, content creator, filmmaker. Uh, I think he's over like 6 million likes on TikTok and all that. I have not reached anywhere near that. So good on you. That's telling about the uh, demand for such content. And uh, you got to go into the comments because they're highly educational and really, really fun. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode talking with James Tang, a.k.a. our internet boyfriend. Enjoy. Yeah. Came in 88 with a dream oh so bright-eyed. They knew right away, sink or swim, there's no lifelines. Cutting the teeth on the move. Nobody's Welcome to First of All, James. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's funny to hear your voice in this format. Um, before we get into the internet boyfriend, like, I hope everyone's just so excited. We have the internet boyfriend here on, first of all, um, but to know James, James as the person, James Tang, who, who are you? How do you, how do you tell people about yourself? By the way, I also want to say, because I'm the annoying, like big sister, whatever, you are an actor. You're not trying to be an actor. You are one. So (laughs) I hope you own that. Thank you. I guess more like trying to be a, a working, regularly yeah. making money actor. Right? Yes. Be the qualifier to add to it. <laughs> yes. But I, yes, I am an actor. Um, is usually how I introduce myself. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I do other things. You know, now I'm, I'm a 
content creator that has created this internet boyfriend kind of persona. Um, mm-hmm. I also, you know, write my own stuff sometimes. Um, I'm a gamer, you know, just, you know, being human, multifaceted things, but yes. Yeah. I guess, you know, I am an actor. I was born in the States, but grew up in Thailand uh, and went to international school. So I have a lot of this kind of background of like internationalness and yeah. And privilege as well. And bounced around the world, but yeah, the short of it is, yeah. Now I'm in LA pursuing an acting career and happened to stumble on creating this internet boyfriend thing on TikTok and Instagram. Which is so fun. I actually can't even remember when we met. I know it's through the Asian American creative universe. Mm -hmm. I remember that you had an international background. I don't remember if you told me that or someone else told me that, but I didn't Mm -hmm. know that you like grew up mostly Mm -hmm. out of the States. I didn't know that. I'd say... Most of my, yeah, probably at least 10 years of my schooling was in, wow. yeah, at this international school. When did you come back to the States? As an adult, I moved back in 2012. I'm so sorry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're not the shining beacon that we, whatever, if we ever once were, I mean, but especially now we're not in the best of times right now, obviously. And yeah. It's been like, so yeah, on behalf of like, I was born and raised, like, I apologize. <laughs> we haven't it's done funny because I moved back to the States and moved to Orlando, Florida first. Oh, wow. And something I noticed as I was living there, I realized I was getting angrier while driving just naturally. Really? Yeah. And it was like one day I was just like, oh, oh, like I caught that. And I was like, oh. What is, oh, it's like, there's something like just in the air about being in America. I don't know that there was like just a little extra layer of anger. So I was like, I had to like, oh, catch that and kind of like pull that back. Good self-awareness, first of all. (laughs) That's some powerful, that's, that would explain a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, hmm. Because I always, I joke about the fact, yeah, I'm Korean American. So mm-hmm. I have, like, I have rage in my DNA, which <laughs> is a thing. And it's true. But like, also, I'm like, yeah, what is it? Is it like our trans fat that's like floating in the air from like McDonald's? <laughs> I don't know. But that's really, that's why I'm so curious to hear outside perspectives from anybody, mm-hmm. right? Of mm-hmm. any, any bubble that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you you know, when you're in it and you're insular, it's, you have your own perceptions and you're just living in it. And then- mm-hmm. You step out of it from any perspective and you're just like, yeah, what what, what, what do we like? Mm-hmm. And before I was very dictated by that, it would like really affect me emotionally and like make mm. me very self-conscious. Now it's just pure curiosity. I'm mm. like, why do you think we are so crazy? And however you'd <laughs> want to break that down, I'd be like so curious to know. Right. In Orlando. Yeah. Um, being living outside the States, but always kind of peering in and, and seeing the States, you know, like during like the election and stuff, we had them on our like school TVs. Like it was playing like, oh, the, wow. The, oh, yeah. The 2004 like election, American election stuff. Wow. It was, I mean, it was also, you know, like a kind of American based with international uh, education, Western European education stuff thrown in. But I do feel like it was kind of more on the American side. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the foundation of it so maybe that's what added to it but i think looking in it was always the stereotypes of guns and angry <laughs> entitlement you know ignorance to education and how the rest of the world works kind of thing was was mm-hmm. kind of like how we always mm-hmm. looked viewed the u.s like looking in so 
<laughs> are we wrong with that view? No. Well, there's, and we're also a gigantic, very large country too. Yeah. So and there's a lot of facets to it. Yeah. As well. Yeah. I mean, like, really, there's such a subculture everywhere you go. So those mm-hmm. are all like just like different layers to it. But all to say, like, I'm so curious about like how you were brought up because, especially just as an actor to actor, I'm mm-hmm. I'm always curious, like, where you're pulling from. Like, what do mm-hmm. you what life experiences colored your perspectives and your experiences that kind of make you, you and with this persona that I'm so excited to like talk to you about, mm. it struck a chord with a lot of people. I've definitely looked in the mm. comments. I've commented and like, mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like, was it just like a pandemic thing? Cause I'll say before we get to internet stuff, like I, internet boyfriend stuff, I definitely was an anti TikToker once mm-hmm. upon a time. Mm-hmm. And there's something about it that this is why I think I have a hard time being an early adopter to a lot of things. I get uh-huh. really f- kind of comfortable with how things are. So when any like new mm-hmm. platform or new trend emerges, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh God, another one. Right. So I think I have a natural resistance to like try it out, see what's mm-hmm. going on, see what all the fuss is about. And I naturally like, I'm like, okay, the children are all in an uproar about this new thing. Mm-hmm. So I think I was just kind of later to the game, but once I got on, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> kind of another story. Yeah. I, and yeah. I became an avid TikTok consumer, maybe mm. borderline addict um, during the pandemic. I mean, that's, I mean, it's engineered to do that, right? I know. Because like, I, I, was on, yeah, I was on Vine um, kind of in its heyday, I guess. I hopped on when I first started acting. So around like mid to late 2015 when Vine okay. was kind of like really taken off. And See, so I never like, got into that. Uh, yeah. It was its own kind of thing, but Vine was six second video. That's wild. Yeah. And so I kind of got my start, I guess, in those Vine type videos, making those. Then it went away and then I was like, okay, whatever. I don't, I didn't care that much about it because uh, I didn't feel like I was like blowing up on it anyway, you know, because some Viners did blow up and like launch their, I guess you could call them careers. Right. Um, or lifestyle. I don't even know what it is. You know, it's like, is it a career? Is it a lifestyle? It's because it's like so much of, I guess, who they are. Right. Um, but then, yeah. So TikTok, I was aware of because I knew someone or I knew, I knew, I know Alan Chicken Chow. And what he was, that? he was a very early adopter. Okay. On TikTok. I think he was already doing it when I worked with him. This was like early 2019. And so he was already, he's already, he'd already been on it. He was doing like trends and stuff and just having fun with it. And that was like really in its infancy. And then I kind of like helped him film like something where you like, like lift someone up and flip them over your back or something, you know, okay. like, hey, TikTok or whatever. I guess it's like a, a new Vine copy or whatever. It's like, I, yeah, I don't yeah. Care. And then at late 2019, I remember I made one of those like trend videos with like a few friends, including Alan and stuff. Uh, and Brandon, actually, Brandon Suhu. Uh-huh. And then the pandemic happened and then I was hearing about TikTok and I was like, oh, well, I have the app and I'll look around on it. And it's like, oh my God, Alan and Brandon are like blowing up on the platform. And then they, them two, and then Shu, uh, Shu Hu, Shuang Hu. She's so sweet. I love, I got, I met her later on because, because of pandemic, but like when Mm. I went back and watched, so it's so fun. Mm. Like she's so funny and quirky. And them three came up together, you know, it's like, I knew all of them. So I was like, oh, oh, I got FOMO. I got like, if, and if they're blowing up, then maybe I should try. Maybe I should do some of this, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I did. Um, so it technically is, I guess you could call it like a two-year anniversary of like when I hopped on and decided to create content on TikTok. 
Are we at the two-year anniversary right now? I did the rough time period, I'd oh. say so. Yeah, yeah. How meaningful. I love it. Okay. Right? Um, but at the time, all I did was just make my own branch of chaotic James comedy, I guess. Yeah. And that doesn't <laughs> stick. <laughs> yes, according to the experts, which they pop up in my algorithm, of, mm-hmm. you know, to tutor me on like how to go far. It's just, yeah. it's so wild that there's like experts that can teach you how to become an ex anyway. Mm-hmm. So, so you were learning this real yeah, time. And yeah. I, I was following one of those experts and yeah. One thing he kept kind of pushing was like niche down. You got to niche down. Okay. And I was like, okay, but also I don't know how I would niche down because I'm an actor and I entertain and I don't know how I would niche down even within that versus mm-hmm. someone that like, oh, plant talk where you literally only post videos about like gardening and planting and stuff versus like, you know, there's like psychology, mental health, TikTok. There's like book talk. There's um, because it's not all just 13 year old girls doing dance videos. Exactly. It's changed a lot to yeah. be so much more inclusive and expansive way beyond that's And which is when I went in where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, there's so many great creators that are not of this stereotype I had in my head of like a bunch Mm -hmm. of little kids doing weird dances. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it's like beyond that, but it's like, I didn't know how I would get more specific to where I was then. So I just made like chaotic comedy stuff that I thought was really funny. And like, it seemed like no one else did really. (laughs) Uh My growth at the time was not fast or strong. I think I I stopped and just really took a break when I hit around like 4,500 followers or so. Okay. But to rewind just a touch, I remember I started out with someone around the same time. And so she had about 350 followers. I had 300. And then, so like right at the same time. So then, but then she really niched down. She, she was doing like a sort of cosplay, but I guess there's even a subsection of cosplay called a cosplay, a cult and cosplay. Okay. So it was, I guess, just like the macabre, like she created like a vampire character, like a werewolf character, like a swamp creature and like a witch. (laughs) Like, yeah, she's like really good at like, you know, creating these characters and making them look very specific. Mm -hmm. And then, so like, I think when I checked one time, I was like, my account was like, okay, I'm at 1,000. I checked her account, she was at 10,000. Holy crap. Yeah. So I was like, oh my goodness. Like, wow. Like her, so her growth just was like, exponential compared to mine and so i was like Ooh, okay but i'll just keep trying i'll keep trying you know and eventually i was i got burned out because i was like you know i kept doing the same thing or just you know this chaotic comedy and it didn't really get anywhere i was like ah whatever i don't i don't care about this that much and then fast forward to last year 2021 i had been streaming on twitch for a while as well um ah uh, the gamer life yeah so like me yoshi and manny yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A bunch of us, we'd been basically gaming together like every night during the pandemic. You know, Call of Duty Warzone had dropped and was like super popular. <laughs> and so we've been playing that like all the time. And finally, uh, Yoshi was just like, because he has streamer friends that were just like telling him, you should just start streaming. And he was like, guys, maybe we should start streaming. And I was like, eh, man, okay, fine, I guess. <laughs> really Yoshi not. was also a guest on the show, by the way. So he was filling me in on his, oh, his nice. gaming okay, stuff. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah, so we, yeah, we were gaming, you know, for a few months and then streaming and stuff. And then I think I got to a point with streaming where I was like, I feel like I need more. I need to like level it up or like, I don't know. I just didn't want to put more research and effort into it. So I ended up taking a class. Shout out to Stream Coach Academy. 
Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, that's the class I took. But during that class, I learned not just about how to improve my stream, but it applied to all my internet content. Mm-hmm. And from that, I realized that like, oh, TikTok is probably the way better platform for me to be focusing on than Twitch because Twitch is... As, as a platform, it's really difficult to grow organically because it's a live streaming platform. So if you're watching right. someone live for like two hours, you're probably going to want to focus on them. You're only but, there. You're not like exploring. like Exactly. It's not- Whereas TikTok, you know, blasts your face with like what it thinks you'd like <laughs> with like, you know, six to nine second videos seems to be like the optimal time or whatever. And so, yeah, from that, I was like, Oh, oh, it's okay. TikTok. Okay. Like I kind of figured out like my ideal audience member and got really specific with that. I noticed, um, a creator, Nathan Ng, who's, who's now my friend as well. I started kind of just being inspired, AKA stealing, just like taking the format of his content because mm-hmm. he was very relationship oriented and he was, he was doing really well, you know? And so I was like, I feel like I can speak in that world a little bit. So I'll start kind of doing stuff that's similar to his, you know, taking his format, just doing the James Tang spin to it. And as soon as I started doing that, it just started yeah, applying the lessons and kind of taking inspiration from his content. It just started blowing up my, my account. You struck a nerve. You found your niche. Yeah, I started. Well, that's the thing. I didn't even still hadn't fully found that niche yet. So oh, I, you're I exploring. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was like starting to get uh, hone in on it. You know, so like Kronk, you know, I, I was doing the Kronk voice <laughs> yeah. as well. And so that kind of helped blow up one of the first few ones. And it's funny though, someone like stitched one of my Kronk videos and explained, uh, she was like, the reason women love Kronk is because he's like a big, strong man who has a lot of heart and will listen to exactly what his, you know, like female partner says kind of thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> That was like the breakdown she had of it. So I clocked that. I was like, interesting. Oh, let me clock that. And then just kind of kept making more, making more content, et cetera, et cetera. And then one day someone was like, as a joke, it's like, oh, you should post more thirst traps. And I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, I don't like thirst traps. To me, they seem so like shallow and vapid and just really like trying to fish for the like thirstiest of all the thirsties, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all very visually oriented. And then I was like, ah, I don't like thirst traps. But what about emotional thirst traps? Because <laughs> like the whole thing with, you know, emotions and, and feelings and like the story behind things is like, uh, you know, I'm always seeing on the internet and people talking about how like the difference between like the male gaze and the female gaze, mm-hmm. like what kind of men look for in partners and women look for in partners. Um and like, there there are differences. Like the the reason why like romance novels are still a huge industry is like a huge point of like attention, you know, mm-hmm. to be focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's like I was like, ha. Huh. And then like the whole thing with like you know, the big thing about Knives Out that everyone was talking about was Chris Evans' sweater. <laughs> okay. Right. So it's like, hmm. And like the reasons I've been seeing behind it were like, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's thick and comfortable and stuff. It feels very like a warm hug kind of energy. And I'm like, okay, okay. Like just all those things kind of just like <laughs> floating around in my head. But I was like, okay, let me try making some emotional thirst traps using my acting ability um, as well as kind of the acting brand I had come to. So I've taken a short rewind. I'd taken an image branding class. Okay. Um, back in 2018. 
Shout out to Sam Christensen. Uh, rest in peace. But there, the studio is still, you know, doing stuff. So classes are still available. For me, I'd taken um, this image branding class for my acting. Mm-hmm. And from that, I, I ended up with these like kind of statements, essence statements of like who I am and what my brand is. And like the, the main one was basically take me home to meet your parents. It'll go extremely well. You can count on that. That's a great brand. Yeah. And then it also reflected moments in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I think every like straight guy at some point in their life wants to be the bad boy, right? I could right. argue yes as well from my life of experience. Yeah. Okay. There's- fair enough. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a straight woman thing too, but at least for Ooh, guys. No, no, no. I'm saying uh, observing straight guys. I'd say oh, yes, for okay. sure. For sure. Okay. There's like, it's right. like a latent, uh, not like it's an archetype that one can, fan- same way. Like a lot of straight women can at a certain point, like fantasize, like I want to be the seductress. I want mm-hmm. whatever your personality is in, in natural like straight out the womb, this is who I am. But there's a side of you that wants to be like the vixen, the, yeah. you know. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for guys, it's like the, the bad boy on the motorcycle with the leather jacket, <laughs> aviators. It's like, hey, what's up? I don't actually care what's up, but you know, it's good to just see you. you know, yeah, just like just so cool and doesn't care, and like all oh, the ladies want him, kind of thing, you know. Yes. And so when I get like the, the essence statement, that's like, Hey, you're like the wholesome guy next door that all the parents love. I'm like, ah, but also like, it's true. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. I cannot fight that. Mm-hmm. And so honestly, leaning into that, I, I became a better actor. And then through all these years of like, you know, just chaos and eventually managing to turn it also into this internet persona thing. So I was like, oh, perfect. Let me take this, like, just these, like, rom-com archetypes that I've basically, it's very easy for me to play. I'll put that into my TikToks and kind of start doing that. And then those started kind of taking off. And I was like, okay, I think I've really struck a nerve now. Mm-hmm. I've really found this kind of emotional goldmine that hasn't really been touched too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for me, I was just like, Emotional thirst trap is too much of a mouthful. So I think internet boyfriend is probably easier and to say and an easier concept to kind of grasp. Very, very clever. Thank you. From I someone don't... who did not take your course, the, mm-hmm. the course that you took. And mm-hmm. I've observed a lot of branding stuff, but I don't feel like I've become like an expert at that in any capacity. But I, mm-hmm. I'd say spot on. <laughs> Thank you. I think it, with branding too, it is really just all about simplicity. And so it's Which like is hard. Me. It can be, but it I can don't know. be hard. I don't know if you know. You can call it laziness. You could call it efficiency. I call it <laughs> laziness, but I'm just like, what is the easiest way to say this? Internet boyfriend. Okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> Let's go with that. You know. Nice, nice. And I love this. The, I love origin stories because mm. I'm very curious mm. about how to reverse engineer something. Like, how did this come to be? Mm. And so I appreciate you like breaking that down. So, what was your goal when you're like starting? It seems like you're just like finding a way to like carve out your viral like find your viral hit and or like hone your creative craft like what what mm-hmm. would you say yeah it kind of you know it definitely started as like i need to be creative because it was got you know, it mid-pandemic like yeah i was just like i'm never gonna act again i'm okay with this mm-hmm. you know the world is ending i don't know what's gonna happen but i'm not yeah. gonna act again probably so might as well you know take control of of that acting part and like make videos and use my you know my body as a vessel for storytelling yeah. 
Um, that was, you know, the original thing. But of course, underneath all that, it's just like, but what if I could go viral and get a lot of followers <laughs> and get, you know, brand opportunities and also get a freaking Netflix three picture deal? Yeah. For, you know, <clears throat> um, why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that would be awesome. And it has happened here and there, you know, with certain mm-hmm. people. Um, but yeah, but it's like as it's grown, it's also kind of been like, it's, representation for one you know i'm an asian man and you don't see many of us in in the history of hollywood yes um it's you know obviously improving over the last few years handful of years yeah but like being an asian man and having followers and (laughs) really really thirsty followers but they're not (laughs) fetishizing me either Okay. Okay. I, I don't attract the the Korea booze or the, okay. the, the Wea booze because I know that's also a thing where it's like because K-pop has become so popular and K-dramas have become so popular, people that are like, oh, I want my own pale skin, perfectly like <laughs> no no dimple or, or little mar- like perfectly porcelain looking. You do not have pores and you do not have right? wrinkles or yeah. Uh, yeah and you any get expression tear ducts lines. that work really well. Yes. Oh, without any, it just flows like yeah. a fountain. Um, I, I know Weeaboo. that exists. That there's some people that like. I I want my I want my K drama Minho or something. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I must have that. Like I don't really get that energy from from my from my viewers um, and commenters. And so like that's also like oh my god, this is amazing. Like just me by just putting stuff out there and getting my face out there and having it go viral or whatever as much as I can. You know, is like. I think it's just kind of important work to, to, to try to do that, especially because I'm like personifying this kind of like the internet boyfriend, you know, this kind of gentleman, wholesome guy next door that like loves and respects you as a viewer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's so many layers to this, James. Not only is it like you're like the Asian internet boyfriend, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're a pioneer in that aspect. Like I haven't seen anybody in my algorithm, I'll tell you, my algorithm is mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I get all the stuff that's for the the she's, the they's, and the gays, like truly, mm-hmm. and <laughs> artists, and like, I, I really love my algorithm. Do I get mm-hmm. some strange stuff popping up here and there? Yes. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I get a lot of relationship-related advice, people that are making funny stuff, people are venting, um, talking about really deep topics as well. Mm-hmm. And I have, and I have a lot of amazing men, like straight men in my, in my content, uh, algorithm more and mm-hmm. more, which is so inspiring and like mm-hmm. genuinely healing, especially in times mm-hmm. like these, that there are mm-hmm. such wonderful men out there who are willing to speak mm-hmm. truth to their peers and like all this stuff. It's great. Mm-hmm. Like I hadn't seen anybody doing what you did. Who's like white or who's on, like I had seen a white or mm. black creator that was doing things the way that you were doing. So in general, like you being the internet boyfriend mm-hmm. from the fact that like, I've been so deeply entrenched in the Asian American representation mm-hmm. conversation for what, like a decade and a half almost now, mm-hmm. all of those things like struck me in this great mm-hmm. way. And I was like, this is so great. You weren't even trying to be the, in my opinion, the way that it was delivered. And this is your acting chops. I must applaud, <laughs> but like you were just being the internet boyfriend. You weren't, um, I didn't feel like you're trying to make a point. You're just like mm-hmm. giving the audience what they wanted, which mm-hmm. was 
a kind word at the end of a rough day. Mm-hmm. And because you're a talented actor, it really registered. And I was like, this feels so genuine and nice. It's not a contrived force. All right, everyone, like here I am and follow and like and subscribe for more. It wasn't mm-hmm. that, you know, and that gets so obnoxious and so repetitive mm-hmm. on TikTok so easily. Mm-hmm. So I just like, there are many layers to this that I, I mm-hmm. think it took me even a while to unpack because you're my friend and I was like supporting you. And I was like, yeah, go James. But like what I was realizing when I was seeing the interactions and like what chord you were striking with these viewers, it felt so much more meaningful. And that's what I think is so funny about something like TikTok where we're going to like say that word and people can easily just roll their eyes. And I get it, totally get it. But there's stuff that happens on there and the things that those trends and the virality of it and mm-hmm. and the connections that are being made either in like the neurons or between people is really crazy. I think it's mm. really powerful. Yeah, it's it's I mean, I guess it's, you know, that's kind of the scope of humanity as well, because like there there are a lot of business practices that are very sleazy and all about yes. getting and like tricking people and stuff. Whereas there's also businesses where, that are like. Like, cause, which I subscribe to is just like, I want you to be excited to buy something I sell. Because mm-hmm. there's things in our lives that we are excited to buy and really want to like spend money on that actually make us feel really good. You know, whether it is like shoes or uh, a concert or like uh, even just like a product that like, like a Theragun or something, you know, like that like <laughs> changes our lives but in a really good way. It's like, that's like the stuff I want to you know, that resonates with me, then I want to stick to, um, and, and tell the stories of too. And I think, I think that really is just like the scope of humanity. Um, yeah. cause I think we can see those, yeah, those kind of like those, that spectrum in like every single industry. Yes, absolutely. And there's just, I think it's such a strange universe where you can like see it all and very quickly in rapid fire. Uh, It is definitely an ocean of humanity and there's a lot to navigate, Mm. but I'm really curious. You, you started talking about it and I really want to follow up on what you've learned from all of your very, like you said, your really thirsty Mm, (laughs) followers and and your fans. Um, But let's take a quick break and then come right back and I want to hear all about it. Why did I deserve all this? Fuck it, I deserve all this. Mm, but we're still here and we're going strong. It's an exciting time in Asian America. There are more movies, TV shows, books, and music reflecting us than ever. But all of these represent just a small slice of Asian American culture and experiences. So what do we do? Tell more slices. Asian Americana is a show that explores these slices of distinctly Asian American culture and history. We've talked about how Chinese Americans built California's Sacramento Delta, the art scene turns gallery institution giant robot, a play that explores the lost Cambodian pop music of the 60s and 70s, and, of course, Boba, just to name a few stories. You can find Asian Americana at asianamericana.com or on your podcast app. Hey, first of all, fam, if you're a fan of the show and would like to support, consider backing us on Patreon. You can join our Discord community and get different perks by going to patreon.com slash first of all podcast. If you'd like to support in other ways, you can go check out firstofallpod.com or subscribe and leave a five-star rating on your favorite platform or just follow me on Instagram because I love hearing from you. Thank you all so much for the support and enjoy the show. 
the Paris lights. Walking on the beach, there ain't a worry on my mind. Hugging on my baby, you know she the right type. Chilling by the ocean, sipping. How was your break, James? How are you feeling? Are you feeling refreshed? Refreshed, wonderful, ready, <laughs> ready to do it. My listeners are probably sort of they're like, Minji, you say that every break. Like we know. Um I'm not I'm not selling it well. Anyway, um what we were talking about earlier, like understanding the journey, James Tang, the actor who stumbled upon this persona that's developed over time. But I was so curious. I was like, mm-hmm. I wonder what James is experiencing on his side. I mm-hmm. want to know what DMs he's getting. I want to <laughs> know what his comments, what are the patterns he's seen? I know you live stream too, like mm-hmm. when you live stream on TikTok. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was just so curious about like what data have you mined and mm-hmm. what are what are the lessons you're learning about relationships mm-hmm. and about yourself like by doing this? Like, mm-hmm. have you transformed? Like, what is your evolution in this process, James? Please do tell. Yeah. Um, I guess before I start, I do want to shout out one other creator that I feel like is someone that he's also Asian, but he's South Asian, um, but that people have tagged me in because I think we do do similar stuff. Ryan? Like, uh, Rahul Rai. Ra- no, Rahul. Yes. Sorry. Why yeah. did my brain? Yeah, Rahul. <gasps> love. Love. I yeah, did a little jump like, in my chair. <laughs> he's like, I think like 1.7 million or something. Um, but he's probably the the, the guy that um, is tagged. I'm tagged in most as being like, oh, we want to see you collaborate, or oh, this is this is just like this guy kind of thing. Uh, yeah, but little, you know, he does his version, and I do my version. Yes. Um, and what I've learned is really, yeah, it's really I think data mining of yeah, just seeing what people are like out there and how people respond to things. Because for one, I think TikTok changed it or maybe I accidentally pressed a button somewhere. But like only friends and friends of friends, I think, can message me on TikTok. Okay, got it. Oh, that's yeah. a nice – that's okay. That's a good thing to know. Yeah, like so random you- people cannot message me on TikTok. And I think I think the setting I saw at least was either friends or no one. So I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of <laughs> – yeah, it's like, yeah, I cannot be messaged. So I don't get DMs there. I do get DMs on Instagram. And I'll check through those once in a while. But I found that, you know, I think for women, they often get the dick pic, right? The unsolicited dick pic tends to be Mm -hmm. like a thing because, Mm -hmm. but I think it's just a kind of the different biological wiring. I don't, I don't get nudes, you know. I'm happy to hear that, James. (laughs) Well, I don't know if that's like, I'm sure there might be the the ones that are like wanting that, but I'm glad that people are not a... That crazy. That's all in my. Or I will say, you know, I've gotten some here and there, very, but it's very, 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 very rare. Okay. Um, it's often, I guess, it's more. It can become like a bit of a parasocial relationship for some people, which mm. basically means like because I am kind of putting my authentic self forward, people think they really do know me. Yes, and then feels like they. So then they treat it as such when I've like maybe never heard of them in my life or something or like, right. Or we've never truly like interacted or something right. like that, you know, it does get a little bit blurry with like going live and, and streaming on, you know, TikTok and, and Twitch and stuff. But one interest, I think the, the biggest surprise for me that was, that's also been very motivating is people will message or comment and being like, Hey, like your stuff has helped me like heal or grow or understand like, that the relationship I'm in is actually like abusive or like the, the, 
the guy is selfish or something and I, I'm going to end it because I deserve better kind of thing. I'm like, oh my God, like, wow. like Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's like good, good for you. Like, I'm so glad I could help like shine a light on that, you know? Um, I feel like I need to like pull up one of the emotional thirst like people where we can play it at the end or something. I don't know. I want people to get like a set. I mean, I'm put, I definitely <laughs> encourage everybody to go watch for themselves. Um, but just like your delivery, again, great acting because you've delivered it with such sincerity. I can absolutely see that. So when I saw those comments, I was so moved because I'm, I personally have had like an abusive relationship mm-hmm. in my yesteryears mm-hmm. and it was really hard to outgrow all of the entanglements that it created mm-hmm. within me emotionally and psychologically. It took me years to like genuinely become at a place better, you know, protecting myself and like caring about my self-worth mm-hmm. for any, any component or any influence outside of me that helps me in that journey. Mm-hmm. I take very, very deeply and like have so much gratitude for. So the fact that mm-hmm. that was what you're doing, totally see how it was. And mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, I can't imagine what that's like for you. It's also very deep to be that as well. And I've, mm-hmm. it's, um, I'm very honored and not to toot my own horn, but like this podcast, I've gotten the same reaction. I talk about mm-hmm. really sensitive subjects and um, be vulnerable. I, I feel like it's, you know, if I'm going to talk about it, I'm open to sharing my story. And in doing mm-hmm. so, I've gotten similar feedback or responses from others saying like, holy crap, like you've really opened my eyes and helped me with something super, super difficult for me. Mm-hmm. That is so gratifying and like really, really like an honor. And then mm-hmm. Also, in, in addition to that, there are times where I feel a lot of pressure or mm. like a lot of responsibility that I was like, I didn't know that I was um, mm-hmm. stepping into. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. I was like, oh, oh shit. Like I'm really influencing somebody's like innermost self. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you felt that, but I definitely have have touched on those like areas. I was like, oh, wow. I, whoa, whoa. <laughs> You're right. No, for sure. Like I've sometimes like I have, I won't post it for a while. And it's like, people are like, Oh, where, where's the internet boyfriend? Like I need my boost for the day or something. And I'm just like, I am having like a depressive episode where I feel like I uh, like hate everything I do and I'm a total failure and stuff. So I'm going yeah. to get back to you on that one. <laughs> oh, James was well, like, yeah, no, I'm glad that you do. I'm glad that you take your time, but it's, it, it can be a lot. Cause you have like an outside, like there's a ping and an actual person on the other side going like, I need you. And you're like, but I, I need yeah. to be here for me. Yeah. And also, I mean, also I'm not a therapist and it's like, if, yeah. if that, I think that's also something people might need to, you know, go to, you know, like I'm here to entertain and uh, maybe therapize people, but like, mm-hmm. I'm not a licensed therapist and Very if someone true. needs one, like they need to go. Honestly. <laughs> I, I think that that's such, that's honestly a very responsible thing to put out there because I'm not one either. I'm just saying on my mm. podcast, some people have said that to me too. Like, oh, I get a lot of good therapy out of listening to you. I'm like, mm. so glad to hear that. Also, mm. I'm not a therapist. Mm. I don't, th- you know, yeah. I'm just saying what I think. <laughs> yeah. And that's something I took from acting class, honestly, because I had a teacher mm. that was like, this can be very, th- very therapeutic, mm-hmm. but just know that this isn't necessarily a replacement for therapy. So, so if you need true. therapy, please take it out. And so true. It's good to know. Good on you for saying that. Do you, have you ever had to kind of like say that to somebody who you feel maybe kind of like that, that blurry line? Have you had to cross that line or like no, say luckily, it like, a- because I feel like most everyone that does like hang out in like my community, like I have a discord, you know, and, and the ones that do come on the live more often, I think they're, they, they're, there's no one that's delusional about yeah. who I am and what I do. Of course. So like they get it, you know, and then 
you know, I will always mention, you know, like if I'm on live and people are asking and stuff and if someone does maybe get too far, I'm just like, okay, but if you need to see a therapist, I really recommend you do because that's not what I am. That's not the role that I, I necessarily am here to fill, but I'll, you know, I'll do my best with what I know. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not a replacement for a therapist. Good for you. No, uh, but I think luckily, yeah, luckily I haven't had to deal with that necessarily either. Cause I, th- I think, you know, people tend to get it. You never know with the internet. That's why I'm saying, like, I I do not want to ever assume the worst out of people, but you just like, that's what I also, again, dark sides of like TikTok and Mm -hmm. the nature of that is that it really, I think that's part of the internet that genuinely does like frighten me at times. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that from like a female perspective too, like Mm -hmm. why I have so much to say and things I want to share, but I, I'm not delusional or not aware of reality. And I've grown up in reality in California where I have to be really mindful of safety and it can feel like a really scary place, which Mm -hmm. is why I think conversely, why I feel like it is so valuable when straight men speak up Mm -hmm. to, because there's a different gravitas to that Mm -hmm. being said from one man to another, Mm -hmm. right. Then like, and I encourage it not in any way belittling what a woman has to say or the, in my eyes, it is absolutely paramount and valuable what a woman has to say, Mm -hmm. but the impact I'm not silly enough. I'm not naive enough to think that like, oh yeah, a misogynist or someone who's like a complete, or maybe they're closet. Maybe they don't even know that they're a misogynist. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, but Mm -hmm. they're not going to listen to it the same. So Mm -hmm. it matters when there's like an example set. Do you know what I Mm -hmm. mean? And that's Mm -hmm. why, um, things like what you're making, you know, even though it's, it's a creative outlet for you, but like, and I am curious, like where you feel like you and the persona are the same and are different, mm-hmm. but having that example and, and seeing the, what results it yields in terms of like the, the, all the fanfare from these women that are genuinely mm-hmm. like, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. This is what I want is with someone who cares about me, who genuinely interested and present and listening to me and seeing that like, there are going to be people out there who like guys who like roll their eyes and there's going to be mm-hmm. others that are like learning regardless. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a data point. They're like, Oh shit. Yeah. I don't do that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It, I think it is rarer. You know, like I had one TikTok go viral and that definitely opened my eyes a lot in just kind of the, I guess the general vibe of the people it was pushing out to where. Okay. This was the non-jealous boyfriend one. Do tell. So that one was pushed out mainly to women first. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the comments were like, oh my God, this is all I wanted. I love this. And then there's a very small amount that were like, no, I like jealousy or I want the jealousy because it shows me that he cares. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I, to me personally, I'm just like, that feels like, you know, kind of a toxic like habit kind of situation or like they don't know that there are other ways to be shown appreciation Mm -hmm. um but either way like it was i'd say like the comments were like 80 percent women most of who were like i want this or they they get it or even you know they really just say some really really spicy stuff that i'm just like (laughs) oh my god um this is this is the internet, but like, yeah. okay, you're just saying that with your full chest. Cool. That you know, more power, <laughs> more power to you, more power to you. Express your true self. Right. But then that 20% that was guys, and then I'd say 80% of that 20% were guys that were like really salty. Mm. Um I think, you know, another thing that I've noticed is like the people that are making like either like 
trying to say it's a joke and then hide behind it when people are offended by it or just saying offensive things yeah. tend to be guys. Mm-hmm. Like 90% of the comments I get that are like racist or like racist, they're trying to be jokey, but it's a racist joke kind of thing or just offensive or whatever. Yeah. All guys. Like 90% I'm just kidding, man. Can't take a joke. Yeah. And it's maybe more like 95 to 99%, honestly. Okay. Because um, okay. I've been looking through my comments. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm just like a weirdo like that. I'll just look through them and just keep looking and just collect data like that. Um, I'm also very, very, very um, generous on the, the block button. Got it. Um, Good. I'm glad. Yeah, which honestly does help. Seems to train my algorithm. Okay. Um, but anyway, to go back to these guys, they were, they, they were basically like their whole thing was fear of being cheated on. And Interesting. Yeah. For the non-jealous boyfriend thing. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure there have been some examples in their life where they were cheated on, but also there's people that think they're in a relationship and say they are, but they're actually not kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. and like thinking about it and playing around with it, or not playing around with it, but like just like, you know, molding it around in my head and trying to figure out what it is. Part of me, I think does believe it's like, it's like this, the whole adage of like, tell her how you feel mm-hmm. as like a piece of advice for guys that like, like a girl or something. Of course. Yeah. You know, I'm speaking with about cishet relationships. Um, that's right. All I, you know, kind of have the expertise on, but it's like, tell her how you feel. But then it just becomes like, well, then that leaves the ball in her court. And mm-hmm. then what are you then entitled to like to, to her because you feel a certain way? What if she doesn't feel a certain way? You know, there's like this, like within that, there's like a level of entitlement Within yep. this level of like the need to act upon feelings as well. Mm-hmm. Like something I've been thinking about lately is like, why not be okay with just living in the feeling, but not acting on it? Like you really, really like, even love someone in that way, but you know, it's not going to work out, but being okay to just live through that and then just let it go. I um, mean, that's poetic and you're actually like speaking something very personally relevant to me right now. Mm. And that's such a good, I think that's such a beautiful thing to like aim for. And I'm glad that you articulated that, but a lot of people are not capable of that. You know what I mean? Like realistic. Because my addendum is that we're actors. And so we've been trained to live through emotions and let them go. Whereas most people are not. Mm -hmm. Honestly, another reason to me that why everyone should at least take an acting course, like you know, in elementary school, like high school even, because I don't know, people like get so precious about emotions sometimes where it's like, because I used to be like that, where it's like, oh, I will never get mad until I get really mad. Then I'll be mad for like two days straight kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And burn the and whole house down. <laughs> yeah. Or at least metaphorically, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. within my mind. And it's like right. thinking about that now, it's just like, why be so precious about that? Like, why not just live through the anger and then let it go and let it burn out and then continue with life? But I feel like that is kind of like more an unblocked, probably healthier way of approaching emotions. Whereas I think a lot of people are very blocked up because of, you know, societal expectations and norms and stuff. And then right. just practice. Like, let's think of like the, the 10,000 hour rule, like mm-hmm. just the amount of for, for anybody to get decent or, or good or excellent at anything, you have to do it. And it's mm-hmm. like, you can't just be a concept that's floating around in your head. You got to like do that work. Mm-hmm. And I think the amount of work um, that any given person 
practices using imagination and or real life, because imagination is also really, really powerful. Mm. And what I've realized through talking with a lot of different people, it's like, well, what can you imagine? They're like, I don't know. I can't do that. And Mm. and that, that stuns me again. And I'm recognizing my advantages and or privileges as like an artist, right. Mm. Um, That I, I have easier access to my imagination. I'll say there's a double-edged sword in there too, because I can imagine the hell out of anything Mm -hmm. and I can easily get caught up in feelings in imaginary situations that don't exist. But that's the practice that I have to do is to like even walk myself through that, like Mm -hmm. an imaginary scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, But some people, again, that practice, that muscle, that metaphorical muscle, it's not a physical muscle, but it's a muscle in your head Mm -hmm. that doesn't get Tapped, you know, it's not, it's not, mm-hmm. not doing lifts. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not doing its reps. And so it does make sense on a mathematical level. Like, okay, mm-hmm. a lot of people are not doing that work. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. when it does happen, the impact of that is like, it's, it, it's next level. It's like otherworldly because it just yeah. doesn't happen that often. And yeah. so you don't have the reps. You don't know what the hell to do with that. And it's just so, it like blows your whole world apart for a second. And yeah. so my heart goes out to that. But yeah, I'm with you in terms of like, I've said it before that if I were queen goddess empress of the world, I would make everybody take an acting class mm-hmm. so that we could simply for the fact that we could then get a little bit more emotionally aware of like yeah. what the hell we're feeling and how to work through that, mm-hmm. how to get in and how to get out. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, even as an actor who it is my job to do that, it's still fucking hard for me. Mm-hmm. It still doesn't make that easy, maybe easier than the next person. Cause it's all mm-hmm. context, but mm-hmm. still not easy. Even for someone who's like doing it, regularly, mm. you know, mm-hmm. do you feel confident about that? Like in your relationships, do you feel like that's applied? And it goes back to the original question, like with the persona versus like James, mm-hmm. where has that line, where is that line? Like, do you right. feel like you are the non-jealous boyfriend? Cause that's a big, we could do a whole series on just like all mm-hmm. the tidbits you learn from the, from your followers. I know I've mm-hmm. asked you like 18 co- questions in the last like 30 that's seconds. So, so you yeah, take yeah. your pick. I feel like not just as the internet boyfriend, but as an actor too, it's just like, like I, I was, you know, I studied Meisner. So it's like living truthfully in imaginary circumstances. Mm. And so this is my truth, but the circumstance is kind of like my optimal ideal relationship. Right. You know, like who I'd be if I had no other worries in the world, you know, and like I was doing great in life and I was with someone that I really, really love and wanted to, 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 you know, keep growing and developing a relationship in or just throwing in random circumstances that might be more appropriate to like the commenters or something. And I do a reply, but it's, yeah, it is all a part of me. And something, I guess that I've been noticing in life to try to pull it back to, I guess, like whether I'd be like this in, in a, in a relationship or in life and stuff is like, and similar, I think to acting too is about, Choosing at the big be- screening at the beginning, screening early on, mm-hmm. like knowing your red flags very early on mm-hmm. so that you never have to deal with an explosive situation later down the line. Yeah. And I think that does come with, you know, a, a lot of experience and, and, but also the knowledge of it, I guess, you know, men being like misogynists or abusers and stuff which does exist but it's like within my own friend group that does not exist because i make sure to pick and choose the people that i spend time and hang out with and grow together with i don't want to hang out with some dude that's like a misogynist you know that's right that's awful and i don't want that in my life i i just make sure to surround myself with that 
and and be able to to notice and I guess the, the behaviors within people early on. Right. And that's setting an intention, right? Being intentional mm-hmm. about like, I, these are the kind of people and I, I'm, I'm big on when I share, talk about these things with friends. It's like, it can be really good to use the awareness of like what you don't want. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to be around misogynist, but like mm-hmm. then flip it to what do you do want? Cause that's the way mm-hmm. the brain works is like, mm-hmm. we stick to whatever you're thinking about. So if you're thinking about misogynist, like you might, inadvertently like invite them in. Cause like you're thinking, yeah. I don't want massage, but you're yeah. thinking about like, I want like healthy people yeah. in my life. You got to yeah. think of like what you do want. So that's the thing that sticks. Mm-hmm. But I also will say like the, the interesting thing I've learned throughout my relationships, friendships and romantic and potentially romantic and otherwise, and the ones that I thought were friends and weren't friends and mm-hmm. they thought it was romantic. People have so many facets to them. So I think it's, this is why humanity and like life is so interesting to me mm-hmm. is that, a romantic situation can bring out such a different side to somebody that mm-hmm. like does not exist in any other scenario. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. As like a professional, as a friend, as a family member, a sibling, they can really be kind of consistent in a certain mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But like when it comes to that tender part, that part mm-hmm. where like a different part of their emotional well-being, if you will, or their happiness is at stake, Mm -hmm. it turns really different, which is Mm -hmm. why I think, again, that you're going so directly about the romantic part Mm -hmm. is really in a different whole other level therapeutic Mm -hmm. because it does hit a different part in all of our hearts. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can imagine, I, I think I've encountered guys who like are in my mind, like completely not misogynist. There's nothing indicating that they're misogynist and everything mm-hmm. that they would preach or hopefully practice when it comes to friends and whatever is mm-hmm. like a healthy dude. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like their girl, like say that mm-hmm. they fall madly in love with the, I could easily see a switch mm-hmm. being flipped. And all of a sudden that insecurity, I don't know, childhood trauma, like, mm-hmm. you know, the way that Asian men have been emasculated, all sorts mm-hmm. of things come into play in this like perfect storm where all of a sudden maybe they are the jealous boyfriend mm-hmm. and they're like encountering, like, I didn't know I was like this, you mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. What the hell? Um, and that could be really discombobulating. So I'm just putting that out there because I personally have witnessed that. Mm. So I do think it's important to set those intentions with also the fact that like we're all people, you know, mm-hmm. like and meaning like not to excuse any of that, but mm-hmm. we are capable of mm-hmm. flipping switches. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it can get dicey. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, depending on the level of error, I suppose you could call it. It's yeah. like, and if, if someone is truly willing to be aware of that and make the changes, how much are we willing to let that back into our life? I think is also so true. Something to be said. Yeah. So true. <sighs> well, really, James, you're such an articulate. So I actually kind of curious, like when are you, are you down to share like some of your dating history? Like, have you, have you had like a, a lot of serious girlfriends? If you're open to sharing that, uh-huh. Like, where did you get these characters from? Were these influenced by, like, people that you saw in TV film? Or is it, like, mm-hmm. from, like, people that, like, you know that part? Obviously, it's coming from genuinely you. So I'm not saying, mm-hmm. like, you're, like, falsifying it. I'm just mm-hmm. curious, like, where did you – who were your examples? Like, who influenced right. that? Of, like, the internet boyfriend thing? Yeah, the internet boyfriend slash the authentic part of James that comes to, like, it's... give you a massage at the – Right. <laughs> after a tough interview. <laughs> It's funny that it's, it is just me, honestly. These are all my mm-hmm. ideas. I guess 
the the biggest things I've learned from like so many different, I guess, avenues is really just like bringing the most authentically me experience into the world. Mm-hmm. Most authentic James Tang experience, whether it's in dating or acting and stuff. I don't have to be the best at a, at like a random skill or something, or even in bed or something, you know, like, <laughs> but like I have to be the best at me and my mm-hmm. version of it. Mm-hmm. And then being okay with if someone's not into my version of it, then it's just not a right fit. It's like what I see, like if it's, if I'm acting, I'm going to do the most James Tang version of this written script character. Boom. And I'm going to put it out there. And then I, I got to be comfortable with my acting ability and, which I am. And I'm just like, cool, this is the, I did my best as me. Boom, here you go. And if, if it's, if they don't hire me, then it's like, okay, it probably isn't the right fit mm-hmm. for me, the, the essence of James Tang into that character. Same with dating and, and, and relationships and stuff. It's just like, I, I like naturally just give people massages, you know, <laughs> it, it's, I think it's also partially, you know, like a male problem solving thing where the problem is like a knot or a trigger point in the muscle. And I want to get that trigger point out so that they can, the other person can feel better and relax, you know? Yeah. But it's just like, I just kind of naturally do that. Is physical touch your love language also, sidebar? It's definitely up there. Yeah, because yeah. um, my chat asked me this quite a lot. And I feel like I think it's physical touch, uh, time spent are both up there. And an acts of service and uh, words of affirmation are lower and kind of, I'd say, similar. And then like dead zero is gifts. <laughs> yeah. The gift is the thirst trap. Okay, you guys, that's the gift. So there right. you go. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I like if people send me objects and things, I'm just like, oh, thank, thank, thank you. I guess. What, what do I do with yeah, this? Yeah, what do I do with this? Or like, I mean, I'm really bad at giving other people gifts, like in terms of items, things. Yeah, got it. Yeah. And those are good to good to know. It's again, arsenal of like self awareness that you can mm. then put in. And I think it reads. I think the fact that like, I I really appreciate that attitude, and I do think that that's like a very healthy way. Um, to go about that. And I think sometimes it takes people a long time to, you know, muscle through the mud or mm-hmm. like to get there. Um, because that can be this idea. Like I was really influenced by like what the perfect girlfriend was supposed to be by mm-hmm. honestly a lot of Hollywood and like a lot of the songs I listened to. It's all very subliminal messaging, but I definitely integrated it into like what Minji from her teens onward was like, picturing I'm supposed to be as like a good girlfriend. Mm. And I think that's changed so much because I think it went from being like way too, in my opinion, toxically like accommodating and caring and Mm. nurturing to a point where Mm. I was essentially like mothering a bunch of boys. Mm. um, You were setting yourself on fire to keep someone else warm. There, where do you, what are you reading, James? (laughs) (laughs) I was. Well said. I, I pick up a lot of random things on the internet and just, yeah. you, it, I mean, it's kind of Bruce Lee-ish where it's like, I take what's useful and discard what's not. That's very, and that, that saying is, that is a very good, simple way to put it. I was setting myself on fire to keep others warm. And I think, um, again, when you, when you see it too, I think that's why the importance of the create, creative process is that even if we know something in concept, like, okay, we have an idea of what a healthy relationship may mm. seem like, but to like see it, and then to feel it and be like, oh, this is like what you're saying. The responses are like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't know that like I could feel cared for just because you asked me how my day was and you meant it. Right. You genuinely meant it. I could feel it right. versus like in your head, it's like, oh, they should care about how I feel. Right. Like it's an mm-hmm. idea. 
Then you like witness it and you're like, what the hell? I've never felt. <laughs> Why is this stranger on the internet making me feel this like warmth and like safety that I don't right. feel from my partner? And so that's why it's like, mm. it's important. And I'm curious, like on the other side, this is getting personal, mm. but like, who would you want to do that for? What do you have like a type of girl or do you, you also, cause I know you have fans, you don't need to answer, but like, do you have a girlfriend <laughs> or do you, are you dating somebody that you, you feel like naturally brings that out of you? Uh, I am not dating anyone, anyone mm. right now. You're dating um, the internet. Right. I'm dating the internet. I don't <laughs> need to date anyone right now. Um, it's something, yeah, it's definitely something I've thought about more now too, especially when, when people are asking me and stuff. Down the line, I feel like, and of course, these are all idealisms and I don't know what life is going to bring me. The essence of my type is kind of that Audrey Hepburn energy. Mm, um, classy, elegant. Yeah. But it's just like the essence of it, you know, it doesn't have to be someone that like looks and sounds like her. It's just kind of the essence of that. Yeah. Um, having just kind of looked at myself and what I guess I respond to as, as a person in terms of like fashion and energy and, and people and whatever. But, but yeah, it's like, but it's not like, like right now it's like, I'm not saving myself for like that, the one person, you know, like I'm very open-minded. I'm always down to like try like new things or experiences or people or whatever, you know, like I know what I want, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm excluding other things, but it's also like, I think it's similar to acting where it's just like whoever I am with, even if we're not even in an official relationship, I'm going to do these things. Mm. You know, I gas people the hell up that are like in my Instagrams and stuff, my Instagram friends. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, like people, I don't care if people get the wrong idea. Like they might, if it's like, I guess like a single woman or something and it's me just be like, Oh my God, you're looking great. Or like, you know, fire symbol or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, like if they get the wrong idea and they want to clarify, then I'll clarify. But for me, it's just like, I like, I'll do it to my guy friends and stuff. I'll, I'll, I'm like, I'm here to try to uplift everyone and, and make everyone a better person just from being like, just being experiencing me i guess you know that, that has like come into contact with me yeah that they um, walk away feeling good about themselves yeah and it's it's honestly more about them that like because it is my experience but it is still because i'm trying to i'm trying to formulate this in my in my brain and stuff i guess of how to how to phrase this it's i'm gonna do me but it is about the person that it's like playing tennis with a partner and it's that person I'm with and how they take what I say and mold it into something special of their own mm -hmm. would be what makes it theirs. I guess if it's someone that I'm really, really into, then that, that's that experience versus like a good friend. They have their own experience that comes out of it. I guess like right. I'm, like, I'm like a giant social mirror kind of thing, but it's trying to show you like the best version of yourself. I think that's a great intention and a great ownership of that because I think in general that all relationships are mirrors because we, mm. we the way that our energies interact, like we do bring out different sides of a different person, right? Like the mm. way that I interact with somebody is not the same. They're not, I'm not going to elicit the same feeling and reaction out of them as like their mother, right? Like mm. it's, we're all kind of different mirrors of different facets. That's the way I've observed. Mm. And for me, I've done my very best like you to be like intentional. Like I don't, I don't, I care about, I know how it feels when somebody ignores me or doesn't mm -hmm. or ridicules me or criticizes me and I don't, mm -hmm. or shames me. And I don't like those feelings. And so mm -hmm. 
early on, I made it uh, on purpose intention with varying levels of success. Mind you, I'm not saying I'm great at this all the time, but I've set my, like, I don't want other people to ever feel that way around me. Mm. Right. If I can help it. Have right. I failed at that sometimes? Yes. Cause I have mm-hmm. a temper and I'm a person, but like that's intention I set. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a grown ass woman, I can say, I'm also learning that I cannot fully control how a person's going to receive me. I can come mm-hmm. with, come at them with the best of intentions. And like, mm-hmm. it could also really backfire. Mm-hmm. And because wherever they're at, they can really just be like, no, like mm-hmm. it could really go wayward. So there's kind of that balance, but I love that that's the intention. I do think very much that intentions matter. But I'll say as a warning, because you're not dating anybody, I imagine that the person that you will fall head over heels for and partner up with is probably going to have to be a really, really secure woman because Mm -hmm. I've had very different boyfriends in my life who've had like different social butterfly natures, right? Mm -hmm. That jealousy, it can go both ways, right? There's a lot Mm -hmm. of jealous women out there too. And Mm -hmm. I've definitely felt like, oh, I'm not on equal footing as like, they're just lovely to everybody and I'm not special. So Mm. that like this why by default, I think you're weeding out a lot of like, I don't think a woman who who doesn't know herself or can be comfortable with the fact that you're ready and willing to gas everybody else Mm. outside of you up, (laughs) right? Like that could, that can cause some, some fires, which you're seeing in your comment section. (laughs) Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's not as much as, not not a lot, thankfully, but yeah, yeah, once in a while, like uh, like a commenter, or, or mainly it's it's like comments I'll get during a live or something. It's just like, who are all these other hoes? You know, like like yeah. come home to me or something. I'm like, hey, <laughs> sharing is caring. <laughs> <laughs> People have also asked me like, am I poly, polyamorous? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know actually. Um, I've never tried it. Mm-hmm. Like technically, I guess I am right now. You know, because it's like I'm dating everyone. <laughs> But it's like I've never officially been in like a polyamorous type relationship or situation. Yeah. Um, I would probably love to try it someday, you know. I think – I do know like one time there was a time where I was kind of – not dating but like seeing and hanging out with like two different women. And mm-hmm. that already was like I'm exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time in the day for this. Like this is just – Yeah. This is a lot, man. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. You know. You're definitely like strike me as like the don't knock it till you try it person. Generally, yeah. yeah. There's also things I say, you know, in my chat too. It's like there are things I know for a certain fact I'm never gonna try through, you know, like evidence. Like I'm not gonna eat poop. I don't think anyone should try to eat poop mm-hmm. because it's so a waste product. That's zero out of ten recommend. Like, exactly. <laughs> and it's like I guess it's finding that striking that balance of like things that you're like, you won't know until you try versus like, I'm pretty certain this is going to go badly if I try. Yeah. <laughs> Slash uh, get me in the hospital. So let's not do that. Yeah. And dive E. coli. Yeah. And Smart. I think that, that does come down to relationships to the idealism of like, well, maybe it will be different this time when some people like try to fix broken guys or something or broken anyone. Right. Where they're like, Oh, but this time it'll be different. But then the patterns are all still there and they end up going through, putting themselves through hell when it's like they try to fix a broken person rather than just letting in people that like fulfill you into your life kind of thing. Yeah. And also letting go of that, that fixation or that mm-hmm. habit, uh, present company included myself. It's, it's a hard thing. Those are very hard things to like 
come into full awareness and accountability with self about, and then on top of that to like release, it's, Mm. I still think it's worth saying and recommending because all of this can like, it just kind of leads to that conclusion that there are a lot of people out there, you and me included, that want healthy, fulfilling relationships. Mm -hmm. We all are different personality types. We all have different flavors, you know, preferences, different standards, different inclinations, different fetishes. Like we're all very different, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. there's a saying out there, my profound saying is like, there's a lid for every pot. And Mm -hmm. I wonder is like, is there? But I'd like to think so. But on the path to that, like, it's still good to like be aware of like what is healthy and how Mm -hmm. does it make me feel? And then Mm -hmm. how does unhealthy make me feel? And to be Mm -hmm. able to distinguish between those things Mm -hmm. and to set examples and like all that stuff that, I don't know, I feel we could just cover a lot of good ground here. But I think it just, we we want to love and be loved. Mm -hmm. And more than like even just being loved, I think we want to love. Like I'm really sitting on that thought lately. Mm -hmm. I want to love somebody that I feel good about loving. And when I don't feel good about loving them because the response I get is something unhealthy or toxic, like that's such a that's such a bad feeling. So I think we are much creatures of loving as much as we want to be loved, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. In closing, because this is such a I love talking with you, James. It's so much fun. <laughs> yes. What do you right. what do you feel like you've um what do you feel like you've learned the most about yourself through like this unexpected journey? And you're still on, but like at this milestone mm-hmm. and like your two-ish year anniversary, like yeah. what do you feel like ha- has you've changed or what do you feel like you've learned or been enlightened about? I guess it, it's like a lot of qualification of me when mm. there's so many people that, that are just, you know, some people even said like you could literally like just do nothing on camera and I'd still watch it kind of thing. I guess that like, it's just more signal boosting of the fact that like what I'm doing is helpful or can be helpful and, and, and I should be here and people are, want me to be here versus like, I guess like, you know, that elementary school feeling of invisibleness. Mm. It's not that people like don't like you or do like you, you're just there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's probably like a pattern that I, that I had growing up that, you know, once in a while, there's still a little bit of like a hint of that. Mm. Um, so I guess when, you know, seeing people and, and just, yeah, just like really even learning and growing and healing from, from like content made by like an Asian man. Um, yeah. Is just like a really cool thing that I've been enlightened to, I guess. Thank you for sharing that. I was going to ask because you were growing up in Thailand, right? So you're growing mm-hmm. up in Asia. Mm-hmm. With the Asian American male presence and being somebody so desirable and somebody so like sought after and Mm. thirsted for, (laughs) like that's, I think that's the most human thing out there is like, we all want to be, again, I'm saying like loved, but like loved and desired, like we're animals, like there's nothing wrong with that. That's like how Mm. we're built. And so was that colored a lot by the being an Asian man? That um, feeling of no, because the thing, what I love about international school, at least the one I went to and the people I was surrounded with, was it really truly was like a cultural utopia. Okay, That's like, awesome. Yeah, because like, oh my god, that guy's so hot, or whatever. It could have, it could be a guy from like any ethnic background, any skin color, or anything. 
Mm-hmm. It was it, w- it was just really yeah. It was more about their personality and their vibe and energy and stuff, and their looks too. Sure, but it's but less about any ethnic qualification there for sure. And so it wasn't any invisibility. I felt was that because I was Asian. It was because I just was there. You know, I wasn't like owning who I was or I was trying to be something else or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. It's just the um, experience of being James. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's just, yeah, there's a universal experience of, I think, growing up and going through certain types of that, but it, nothing had to do with any sort of like ethnic, ethnic background. Do you think that's changed once you moved to America though, as an adult? Yes. There definitely a feeling of sometimes, I don't know if it's invisibility and I can never fully like confirm or deny any of these things because no one is actively being like, Hey, get out of here. You Asian, you know, like, like where I have been living, no one's ever said that or given me that vibe, mm-hmm. but there's like the vibe of like, you know, some places I, w- I kind of would walk in and maybe like feel like that kind of like head turner energy just from walking in very confidently or something. Mm-hmm. And in other places walking in and being like literally invisible whether that's down to my own mood in the moment or not, I, I can't say either. Mm-hmm. But I know, at least on dating apps. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. I've Oh, oh, I've yeah. talked about that a lot. Yeah, so I'm curious about your experience on that. Yeah, but then at the same time, I'm also quite picky. So, and dating apps also have a sort of algorithmic culture where like, you know, I feel like there's certain accounts that are like, super super pretty and then literally you cannot message them because their inbox is full Mm. and they get so overflowed with attention i have heard about the disparity like the the, uh the ratio of like how many in general like in a cis hetero universe the amount that men swipe right versus the amount that women is like really different so it's like yeah the amount of men that get access to women it's like a small percentage of men getting access to a large portion of women mm-hmm. because a lot of the women swipe left on a vast majority of men if that mm-hmm. makes sense the way i yeah, explained yeah. it but yeah, yeah. And so it's like a sort of algorithmic thing yeah <laughs> it's like this yeah weird like odd situation and then yeah because they're like if it's just between cishet men and women like the odds <laughs> between the two groups are already kind of very, very like different in terms mm-hmm. of, yeah, it, it, what you just mentioned. And then you kind of like layer race into it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, okay. Cupid did that study where it was like responses by, by like race. Yeah. Um, and there was big disparities between like different groups and genders. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So like dating apps have never really worked for me. But TikTok. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, TikTok's a new dating app now. Yeah. But also, James, I'm like, I'm not, these are all theoretic, but I, I would say in my day, I've been part of this conversation for several decades at this point. I'll say, like, I've been, uh, this is my only thing that I can say. I'm not an athlete. I'm not, there's so many other things I am not a qualified person to speak on. It's, I'm not a subject matter expert on a lot of things. Okay. I'm just putting that out there. But in terms of like the, the relationship stuff. I've been, I, my friends tell me like I was boy crazy out of the womb. (laughs) Might be true. But like, I've been, I've been observing this stuff. I've been, you know, very 
into it and low-key obsessed with like romance and stuff like that from a very young age. I've read tons of those romance books that we're all making fun of. Yes, I did borrow them from the library. Did I have a strategy? No, strategy was not Fabio on the cover. Get the one that has like an innocuous object, like a watch or like a timestamp or like those a are the spiciest ones. Flowers, though. exactly. And I wasn't fooling anybody because the librarians all know what they are. But I'm like, mm. I'm just borrowing this book. <laughs> so the optics, it, it didn't work. But yes, I was that girl, and I am still that girl, that woman. So I'll say like, I don't even remember what my full original opinion was, but like when it comes to all of this romance stuff. Mm. It's just, it takes a lot out of us. It takes a lot of learning. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of patience and it's going to take a lot of tears, Mm -hmm. but like, we just have to like, you're making a difference by doing that. You're like the equivalent in a lot of people at wherever they're at, when they're encountering your page, like you might be their romance novel. You're shaping Mm -hmm. the way that they're viewing what they want. Yeah. 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 And whether that's like of your generation of Asian descent of your build, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're influencing that. And Mm -hmm. I cannot, I'm saying like by my gut instinct, those are really deeply impactful things. So to me, it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't, some people quantify impact by reach, right? So saying like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I have like 5 million, 10 million followers. That, that Mm -hmm. is a measurement. It's a measurement to say like, Oh, I've made this impact. I have Mm. 10 million followers, Mm. but you can also have like five and all Mm. five of them have been like completely transformed by what Mm -hmm. you have said or done. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, to me, I I always question those metrics. Mm. I think the fact that if you're really making people feel something, I think that's the hallmark of like a great actor, a great Mm. artist. Mm. I think that's our purpose and our underlying motivation is like when you make somebody feel something, they laugh, they cry, whatever they think deeper about stuff. For me, at least that's a very fulfilling feeling. And I feel like I've done my job by doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm theorizing that you're like a modern day romance novel. (laughs) And I don't want you to get too big of a head. I don't think you would, but like, I say that with all the, like, um, with great power comes great responsibility. So Mm -hmm. good luck to you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And thank you. It matters. I'm telling you, it's like the, the person that was like sitting alone, one, I was going through a breakup. James, like I was went through two breakups during pandemic and I was dating, you know, I was going on dates and trying to put myself out there again in my Mm. thirties. And like, I've been exhausted. Mm. I'm telling you the content that you make and like what more and more men are making, Mm. I'm just so grateful for, like, Mm. I am here for it. I stand. And, um, it really does make an impact, even if like, just for that moment, which is so needed, Mm. it's like, it's so lovely. Mm. It's like, oh, Someone cares. <laughs> and the bar's in hell, guys. I also want to say that. Like, how is that? I don't know. That also makes me mad when I step out of that. I'm like, mm. how is this so much to ask? And I am i don't know if you've gotten those comments too, but. The, once in a while, yeah, with a non-jealous boyfriend, people are like, this is literally what's normal. <laughs> like, this is expected. I don't understand. But it's much, much rarer. And it's also kind of sad to see because other people have been like, this is all I ask. This is all I want, you know? Yeah. 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 One thing I guess that the root of that is, I think both society and the media and, you know, not all of it, but there's a lot of it is that I feel like there's a dynamic of pitting us against each other. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and I so I think agree. So much of it comes from that, that it's, it's like you have to 
as for guys, you have to win her over, you know, you have to like sneak, sneak your little guy into her, you know, for just like sex is a thing, you know, it's like, you have yeah. to sneak it in. Cause it's a, it's a bad, awful thing. And you have to win her over kind of thing. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> <laughs> she's not the it's, enemy. No. Yeah. It's like, why not be teammates and make each other better mm-hmm. and have fun with each other in whatever ways you want to have fun, but make yeah. it like, but it's, you know, it's, it's like prevailing it, like, you know, like back in the day, Axe body spray. It's like, Oh, only if you use it's like the, the underlying message was that you are not enough. Don't and even get me started on capitalism, but yes, hit the nail. Yeah. On the head. And we, we all need to realize that at the very baseline, we are enough. Mm-hmm. We can always grow and improve, you know, but like yes. at the very baseline, we're enough and let's do it together as a team. Love it. Yeah. And if people it. don't want to be on that team, fine. We'll just close the door in their face. They can go have like a negative team somewhere else. But like. Yeah. Like go, f- <laughs> go find your team. It is not here. Yeah. Good day to you. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly I'm in Bridgerton. Good day. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for sharing that, James. Um, can I ask you final three questions that I ask all yeah, my yeah. guests before we close out? Mm-hmm. Um, what are you grateful for today? Today? Mm-hmm. Or right now? Right now, I guess, or just even in the the, the, the near, the, the past recently, but hmm. really, yeah, friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, you know, part of it's my, I guess, my ability that I learned, you know, to socialize and stuff. But the friends that I've made out here I'm very very grateful for love you know, it I was forced to celebrate my birthday a few weeks ago uh and it's happy like, belated thank you and but it's like I don't like to make a big deal of it because it's like whatever I didn't do any work my mom did I, I'm gonna call her and thank her for the work she did and you know my parents for raising me throughout my birthday years it's like mm-hmm. I did nothing I was just I exist but then someone like forced me to go and celebrate but people like came out last minute, you know, it was just, I'm very grateful. For, I'm grateful that you are asking me to come on your podcast and because you, you think I have something important to say about the stuff that I'm doing. I have friends that included me today earlier. Yoshi had, we, we streamed together, you know, mm-hmm. for API Heritage Month on Xbox's Twitch channel. And he, he brought us in to make sure that it's not just him that everyone was seeing, but also us, you know, as a collective and as a group. And I really love that we're, we're able to have that. I love that. Mm. Friends. And I love the way that you've shared. And I also say that that energy builds on itself. So I love that that it's so prevalent in your life. Mm. Happy for you and happy belated again. Thank you. Um, and what are you looking forward to? What am I looking forward to? Um, <laughs> I mean, as an actor, it's always that like potential role, you know, that potential breakthrough. I feel like I mean, I feel like I've been saying this for like at least three years where it's like, I'm so close. I'm so close. Mm-hmm. And you just never know. But it just keeps feeling like I keep getting closer and closer and closer. So it just feels like I'm I'm so close to that breakthrough. But it's not. Yeah. I mean, I can't ever predict it or really. So I guess what I'm looking forward to would be, I guess, just more hangouts with friends. <laughs> <laughs> And your breakthrough role. It's it's coming, James. Like I'm telling you, the data don't lie. You, you if you weren't if you weren't a convincing good actor, <laughs> the reaction would not be 
what it is. You know what I mean? Take it yeah. all in stride. And, and I know that's way easier said than done. So mm-hmm. my heart goes out to you because I'm in the same exact boat as you. Sure, um, yeah. But I'm very confident that it's coming. And yeah, there's a lot of opportunities. So I hope you look forward to more hangouts with friends and your breakthrough reel. So that's just my my unsolicited yeah. two cents. No, I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, what are your final thoughts that you want to leave with all of our listeners today? Try to spread more positivity in the world if you can. Mm. I just that's I think that's something a simple thing to aspire to. I guess one thing, the specific quote would be like, "Try to leave people better off than when you found them." Love it. But also for me, it's like not everyone has, not everyone gets the privilege of that. You know, if someone comes at me swinging, I'm swinging back, you know? Yes. <laughs> we shall respond. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think, again, good intention. And I mm-hmm. think that that does make an astronomical difference. So mm-hmm. thank you for encouraging us all to do that. James, this process, is so much fun. Thank yeah. you for being here. Thank you I'm, for having me. So glad we got to hang virtually through mm. the airwaves. We'll have to and hang in person at some point too. Yes, we do. Like this is, yeah. Mm. Hang on to that thought because I'm going to talk with you more. But mm. as as for this episode of Worst of All, thank you. And uh, where can people find you? Where can people follow along? Um, at James the Tang is my handle for pretty much everything. Yeah, uh, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, TikTok, Instagram, you know, internet boyfriend content. Twitter are my bitter jaded musings about being an actor in the film industry <laughs> um my website jamesatang.com has all my materials for acting stuff and that's pretty much all of it yeah all that's important yeah. i guess yes and we shall plug all of that in the description so you guys can follow along thank you again james have a wonderful rest of your day month thank year you. congrats preemptively on all your wins that are to come <laughs> thank you thank you all right i'll talk to you later all right <laughs> Bye. Thank you guys for tuning in for this week's episode, sitting down and getting advice and musings from our internet boyfriend, James Tang. James, thank you for being such a great guest. Thank you for being the wonderful actor and character that you are to make this for us and sit with us in our live streams and all that. Um, It was great to have you on and keep up the good work. I'm going to see you on some big stuff. I am very confident of that. So I hope you guys follow along with James's socials. Um, find him on TikTok and Instagram. And we'll have that all linked in the description. And shout out to my team, to Marvin Yoy, my audio engineer and producer, to my producer, Anna Sun, to my social media manager, Juliana. Dear, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you to my Patreon patrons. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please go to firstofallpod.com. Find links to everything there if you want to back the podcast and support me. Really appreciate it. You can reach out to me at firstofallpod at gmail.com. Send in any questions, any feedback, suggestions. Um, Also accepting musical suggestions too, because I'm always on the hunt for independent artists who are trying to get their music out there. I have my friends and I'm always expanding more. Um, So please send that on in. And you can also follow along at firstofallpod on Instagram. My personal page is at Minjeezy. And... You can find, first of all, on all the podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, all the fun stuff. 
And our intro music was, of course, Uzuhan with his song Uzu Trap. And this week, speaking of TikTok, and we're on theme this week, I uh, found a new artist that I love, Andy Yu. You're so dope. I love it. And we have his song special as our outro this week. So I hope you guys enjoy. Check out his music um, on Spotify. And have an amazing week. Please take care of yourselves. Be good to you. I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Living like a paradise. Feeling lucky, baby. Maybe I should roll the dice. Never been the one to gamble, may just pay the price. With the things you're looking, I'm thinking I'm on a high. Look up at the sky, feeling like a sunset. The way I'm smiling at you, you ain't never upset. And we can drive slow, tell each other secrets. By the time I drop you off, there'll be another secret. Hold my hands and keep me warm. There ain't another one that I adore. Asians in Baseball alongside Naomi Ko and Scott Okamoto. Asians in Baseball is exactly what it sounds like. A podcast about the Asian and Asian Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Americans in Major League Baseball. Every week we break down the highlights of what's going on with Asians in Baseball and then take a deeper dive into the Asian and Asian Americans past and present who have shaped baseball as it is today. Whether you're Kim Ang's number one fan or you've never even heard of Hideo Nomo, we've got something for everyone especially for the Shohei Otani stands. Maybe too much for the Shohei Otani stands. Listen to Asians in Baseball wherever you get podcasts, part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.